Alrighty, and we're back, back-to-back episode recordings. We're on a streak here in the new year, new us, huh? But what's up, guys? Sean, got Lewis on the uh, podcast today to talk about Tigres. How we doing, fellas? Doing great, man. Great to be back. Uh, great to chat it up with you guys again. Uh, the season looks promising, so I'm really excited. Yeah, the three musketeers ride again. We're ready to roll. Hey, that's, that was good. He said the season is promising, Sean, so... That's a whole lot different than the past couple of seasons. So that must be a good thing. So let's dive into it, guys. So 3-0 Santos uh, victory in La Comarca Lagunera, which we talked about uh, last week. And, you know, obviously we've all kept up with the Twitter and all the streaks and all games that have been going on. I think last 33 games prior to this one, six wins maybe. No, I'm sorry. It was 12 ties and six wins out of those last 33 games. So, very poor stat on of us visiting there, but we finally broke that. So initial thoughts, guys. Why don't we start off with you, Sean? Why don't you tell us uh, any problems you had with this 3-0 victory? I can't. You know what? I, I'm, I'm Mr. Happy Fun Times this year. I don't know what you're talking about. I was the one who predicted the win finally last week. So uh, I think I think we're ready to rock and roll, man. It's it's the cocaine era. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Um, no, it, I, there was no big problems for me in terms of, uh, I, I guess, you know, if you make me complain about something, I'd say, where, why why does Cordova only get, what, five minutes of playing time included stoppage time? But other than that, you know, uh, there's nothing, nothing, no, no big complaints are coming off a 3-0 victory that saw the other side get a red card instead of us this year. So I think a, a, a promising start to the season um, to have Gignac put one on the scoreboard, also excellent. Uh, Gorioran coming up with the, the, the early assist. Love to see the, the, you know, a new signing make an impact right away, as opposed to last year where it kind of felt like it took a while to build into things. And, um, yeah, big game coming up against the defending champs who were sitting atop the league on the, the four goal goal differential after they beat, uh, was it Puebla 5 1? Yeah, something like that. 5 1 or 6 1, if I can't recall. Yeah, so, uh, great points. We'll definitely dive all into that. Uh, Sean, Lou, why was it important that we finally uh, came out with a victory in Santos? Well, if I'm not mistaken, we hadn't won there since uh, the Apertura 2011 final. Championship so run. It had been forever since we won there. It's a really tough uh, place to play. In the summer, it's super hot, you know, above 104 degrees usually. Uh, so it's been a place where we can't win. And the team looked fantastic. I mean, I think I tweeted out after the game that I think it's what the, the team needs uh, this older, m- more veteran squad. Piojo was running everybody to the ground with his system. Um, and I think Coca is going to be the, the coach we need moving forward with, uh, with this squad. Um, more, more order in the back, slower tempo, a little bit more possession, hopefully. Um, and I think, it's going to do us, it's going to be the best for this team. Mm-hmm. It's what we needed. And I think it's what the captains want to, uh, they never came out last season or they never said it in, in previous seasons that they didn't like the system. But in, in my opinion, I think Nahuel, Guido Pizarro, Gignac, those guys preferred the slower tempo. And I think they're happy with Coca. Uh, Coca said, it's going to take a little while to, to make that shift. And I don't, I don't blame them. A lot of times when you go from Tuca to Piojo back to more of an orderly kind of uh, setup system, 
it takes it messes with the players a little bit, right? Because you get in different direction from different coaches, but and so I think it's going to take a little while, maybe four or five weeks, by the time we start to see Deegan is, you know, playing the way we want him to. But to me, I think we're going to have a very successful season. I couldn't agree anymore, and I think one of the things that you touched upon that stood out to me because I was had this thought in my head was. You know, you talk about the order of Diego Coca's new system, which you can tell immediately the impact, even if his idea is not quite set as to how he wants to transition and build up, you know, offensively, you can tell there's different, definitely order in the back. And some of the stuff that the players that have had the chance to talk about in press conferences is his arrival. And I'm specifically more talking about Igor Lichinovsky. He talked about the order in the back that they have now. And, you know, you, you could just tell it was, you know, shots at Piojo, you know. Um, so I think that the arrival of Piojo sounded great to the leaders of the squad, you know, a change of fresh air, maybe the way more so training. But I doubt that, you know, in the back of their head with all the experience in championships, and like you mentioned, they prefer the order, the ability to use more of their technical side and really establish the game uh, as it progresses. So, to me, that was the best uh, or what I took from the game. That's one of the best things that it wasn't pretty the entire time. Some a, lot, a few minutes in the first half, we gave up a lot of the possession and we let Santos attack us. But for the most part, the team had structured to, even when they didn't advance as much uh, offensively, they still had a sense of moving of cohesion forward together. And it showed with the goals and the presence inside the box with multiple people, you know, attacking. One thing I'm really loving is uh, having less dependency on the wingers. We got way too predictable with under Piojo with the wingers. So you had Floyd, uh, a lot of it depending on Tovan or Quinones or Fulgencio. And it was just constant crosses into the box that were going nowhere. And we became super predictable. So teams would, would let us sit back make mistakes with the crosses and then just counter us. Uh, and I get the impression that this Coca team is going to be very comfortable with the ball and without the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just because tactically, I think uh, Coca is, is starting to mold them into the, the players he wants them to be uh, under, under Piojo. I think we struggled. Uh, we, we did very well in the final third, you know, trying to, trying to press teams. But when teams attacked us, we we tended to struggle a lot. And I think under Coca, we're going to fix that issue. And in really close games on, in the Liguilla, that's going to help us out a ton. I think my biggest difference is just in noticing things early is both the positional flexibility of the midfield, but, but then the also the difference that I noticed from Tuca to Piojo was it felt like we lost a lot of our either instant ball recovery or high pressure on the ball on defense. And so I was excited to see some of that come back in terms of uh, it felt like when we did lose possession, we were really, I mean, Guido ran a lot. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, defensively and, and to, to try and get some of those, those balls back, uh, you know, Carioca was moving up and down and up and down back and forth. So I, I really enjoyed that. And then to also see, um, you know, the ability of Quinones to cut inside and kind of do his thing and then run the overlaps, Gignac popping, you know, Gignac has his free pass to do whatever the hell he wants, basically. 
And so you've got to have other people that are willing to move around wherever he thinks his best position is at the time. So to see him drift out to the left and then have Quinones go and fill that center spot and then bounce back, you know, bounce back around and Gordiron to make his run up the center and keep that pressure on, you know, and, and Gordiron has a motor that is just, that thing runs hot and I love it. You know, there's nothing I love more than a box to box midfielder. So um, I, I really think that Coca has, at least at the start, demonstrated a development of an like a, a idea of, of how we should play. That's mm-hmm. again, like you guys mentioned, kind of that mix of the better parts of Tuca ball with the control and the and the the shape at the back, but also providing you enough explosiveness in the final third and in that kind of midfield area where it was meant to be fleetful or fleet free flowing under Piojo, but it kind of just became a jumbled mess where it was like, all right, well, there's space out, out wide, send it wide. And then, you know, how many times did we see last year, Mr. Quinones just send a ball in that found no, no foot. And, and so um, the transition, I, you know, early returns one, one, you know, only one league game, but even in the sky cup, it felt like, you know, some of those first halves were really, uh, impactful in the central midfield of, of just jamming it up with guys and then letting people kind of be like, uh, wherever there's space, I'm going to go run to it and just feed me an open ball. Let's make the easy pass. Let's make the easy decision. And then, you know, allow your creative, your more creative players, your Gordy Arons, your, your Cariocas when he's on the ball, holding up, get his head up, look, find somebody to, to really demonstrate their high level abilities and capitalize on some of the skill sets that they have that we may not have done as well over the last couple of seasons with Piovo. Absolutely. I mean, you hit it right on the, on the nail. Uh, I was going to say like the ability to allow all the skill set that we have on the roster, giving it that order and allowing them to have that sort of possession, but also having that flexibility to play more free flow, you know, is what we're seeking. And hopefully that is what the target is. Um, with Diego Coca. So that is definitely exciting, guys. Uh, any performances that stood out uh, to you guys in the match? There were several. I think we had at least four or five players mm-hmm. playing exceptional. Chuy uh, Garza was great. Gorriaran was fantastic. I mean, how, how great is that guy going to be when on his first game he's already really solid? Mm-hmm. Uh, just wait till middle of the season. When he's, once he's in sync with everybody, I mean, he he's gonna be awesome. But Chuy Garza really played he, well. He was from Monterrey. Just just to chime in, uh, you know, nice to have a homegrown kid, man. Since U15, U15 process. Yep, all the way, all the way through the system. So it's fantastic to see some of these guys get a shot and and do well. I think he he was really well. I, I mean, he reminded me of a like a young Aquino. Yeah. Uh, I feel well, like. I feel like these guys that that grew up playing the winger position Wingers. and then move move down to play wing back or or right back or left back, they do so great. Well, like Chaka, of- Chaka Rodriguez was another one of those guys that was a winger and then converted, you know, later on in his career. Balavolpe. And I think I think uh, Chuy Garza is going to be one of those guys. He's going to be a guy that can feel really comfortable pushing forward, crossing, dribbling, uh, but also defend well. So I think he's going to work out great under Coca. I really, um, the comparison that I draw to Chuy Garza, not necessarily uh, it's a specific player. I just think about the, what the right back position was 
you know, when I first started watching soccer, you had, I don't, you know, Sean, you might not be familiar with these names, uh, but Hugo Chavez from Morelia, uh, Omar Trujillo in his own way, he came to play at Tigres. Uh, the right back and left back positions, even though they got up and attacked, were not as uh, dynamic as they are now. So for Chuy Garza to be, in a, to start off as a winger or an attacker, and then learn the discipline to defend, because even when he attacks, he's not necessarily the best, you know, he's not Danny Alves in his prime, but you can tell he has the skill on the ball based on how he dribbles and how he touches the ball as he gets closer to the attacking side. So that is going to be exciting. I saw a rumor that Loronia could possibly be leaving to America. I be totally okay with that if this guy solidifies that position. Um, for this tournament, obviously, we'll gladly keep Loronia for death. But he is the one that stood out to me the most. I think he has the most potential because overall, everyone had an all-around game, even that Diego Reyes score, and he was solid defensively, as well as Igor Lichnowski getting everybody's good side now. I'm not sure about Sean and Wood still, but Lichnowski has been on fire the past 10 or so games. Yeah, it's hard to criticize. I thought him. Reyes I had a very nice game. Well. Reyes, too. And I and honestly, it would not surprise me if Reyes starts resurrects his career under oh. Coca, man. Like I, I have a feeling that that Coca, a lot of these guys that were that we were ready to get rid of, a lot of these guys are going to get better, including Quinones. As much as I I hate to say it, maybe even Quinones is going to have a, a great season, and maybe towards the end of this, we'll be saying, man, I'm glad we I'm glad we kept him, you know. And that's why I brought up the point uh, in the group thread earlier today uh, about the conversation I had with my father uh, in terms of Florian Tuan as he, why is he not considered the guy to be leaving instead of Carioca and Diente? And, you know, it was one game, but what I saw also at Atlas is the wingbacks had an important role on the way that Atlas attacked. And I think about... Uh, Anibal Chala, is that his name? The left back that I had mentioned. Chala, I want, yeah, Chala. Chala that I wanted. Excellent uh, left wing back. Luis Reyes, uh, Barbosa on the right side. So they were guys that were super important to where the winger position didn't have to be such a natural winger position. That, hey, here you go, have the ball, go at it. And so Luis Quinones exemplified that in this game with a more central role, which we know that he's played with, under Tuca, even with Piojo a little bit where he can fit that role and more so because of his up and uh, his pace of back and forth to, to defend um, and attack at the same time. So that was where I was getting at with why not let go of, of Tuban and, you know, loan him out. He still has market in Europe, loan him out, keep Diente Lopez till the December uh, contract uh, expiring. Carioca, for his age and, you know, might not renew him. If you do, you give him another six months to a year of performances maybe. But you keep guys that you know are going to contribute to the possible system that this guy is trying to establish as opposed to keep a guy that you only have one position to throw at him and is on the wing. And he, he's shown you that he's not able to keep up with the pace of the game. The thing with, yeah. with Tovan, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I've had a hard, really hard time giving up on the dude because of the quality yeah uh i mean it's just and i think the front office they see the quality of this guy and they're they just can't understand why he's not fitting in why it's not working out and you paid so much for him 
and you feel like, man, at any moment it's going to click and everything's going to work out and he's going to be the player we, we hired. And it's kind of hard to swallow your pride and say, maybe he's not going to work out. I was, I finally got around to watching the Peyo Maldonado interview where he interviewed Corriaran. And at the end, he has like a quick two minute fast question, quick question kind of thing. Yeah. And he asked him, uh, most talented player in, in, and he said Tovan he, he, without, without any hesitation and he said it and I'm like ain't that the truth <laughs> I mean you I've watched them in San Antonio and in Houston yeah and you see him hit the ball and you see him dribble it's just so clean it's so good and you just and I just can't understand why he's not working out like it, I, it I, blows my mind I think it's the urgency bro the urgency of, and that might not even be the best description for it. I just, hear me out, see if it makes sense. I see South American uh, players come to the Mexican League, and you see the intensity, not in all of them, but, you know, in most players that, you know, want to make a career here and have made a career here. You see the intensity, the will, the hunger, the, I don't know, the that it factor, right? Like, they, they want to win. And in Florian, it's like such a chill vibe. Like, yeah, he runs out there, but it's like you're more worried about him, like, you know, tipping on his ankle and like, you know, busting one of his ankle or one of his knees. Like he doesn't have the urgency to like play and not the Mexican soccer is like back and forth, back and forth. It's got a lot of skill and passing ability, but it's just like I just don't see him adapting to what a winger in Mexico has been accustomed to. You know, give him the ball, run down the flank and cross the ball, you know, cut back, shoot. He has all that, but in such a more uh, slower pace. And I don't know if, like, eventually we're going to find a position for him. You know, Woodsy mentioned, like, having him in a more central mid-row, but you got Cordova for that. And that's why I brought up the fact that, like, Diente Lopez was the first sub, and then Cordova. Because they're guys that can play through the middle of the field without having to go out so wide where they're trying to allow the backs to push up. And they become the wingers in that instance, just to have the possession and the tactical movement up high, but not necessarily because they're your wingers. So I just don't see like that fire in him to like figure out a way to like get himself on the field. Like, yeah, you can have all the skill set you want, but at the end, you got to produce my man. And like, he, he hasn't, and like, he hasn't. So couple of thoughts for you just doubling back to the right back thoughts I, I don't recognize the names you mentioned but the Steve Trondon lows of my youth and the Philip Loms of my youth okay you know, the great right backs that you've seen Philip uh, changed the know, position there's, though there's a little chewy Garza there Philip Lom was the first right back that I can say that like changed the way that the right back position uh started playing Trondon yeah. I see where you're going with it you know so there there's you know there's some there's some things to dream on there I would say kind of and then again to the transfer hopefuls, it's it's the, that debate between somebody who is highly talented but can't get on the field. It's always tough to let go of you know a dream like that. I would say uh, when you know those those are the players that that even in other sports when you see the tantalizing. Oh, I remember the guy that had one game for you know call it you know, basketball, oh, it was, he was a 40-point game, and then he was, just, yeah, you remember when, uh, you know, so some of those performances that Florian can put on, he he has the ability to do things that other people on this team, I don't think, have the ability to do when he's right, it's just that we've so rarely seen him right and in form for us since his signing, 
Some of it I originally chalked up to, oh, maybe he's got some cultural differences to catch up on. Hey, maybe he needs to get adjusted to the hemisphere, the timing, the language. Uh, you know, oh, maybe we can speed that up by having a French compatriot on the team. But at the same time, you know, when you're 26 and going to a new country that speaks a different language than your negative language, I imagine that can be a different, difficult kind of thing to find your role and find your place in the workplace. But even just some of the ticky tacky injuries of, you know, it, it feels like if he goes on a full sprint, there's a 50% chance that he makes a great play and a 50% chance he pulls a hamstring. And that's tough to, that's tough to try and rely upon when you've got a 17 game schedule plus a couple of bonus tournaments. And so I think of him as, you know, how many times do we say last year, you know, the Ferrari's in the garage and can we bring it out for even 45 minutes? Mm -hmm. Uh, at, at some point, you sell the Ferrari for a Volvo, right? <laughs> at least the Volvo drives. Honda uh, Accord. So I'm right there. I'm right there with you on maybe Diente is the one to keep because at least Diente's got a resume here of being a leading goal scorer in the league once before. You know, there, there's at least something to fall back on that says, hey, when this guy has been put on the field and given a full 90 minutes, you know, eight, nine, 10 weeks in a row, there's been performance there that you can justify keeping him in the squad. Uh, and, and taking up one of those foreign spots. So I would say those are kind of just my, my you know, rebuttal thoughts to both the right back discussion and then, uh, you know, knowing that we need to lose a foreign player if we're going to get either Bore or Morales from Rangers. Um, Think about it. Th like there's, it's understandable why, why, the, why the board would be hesitant to let the Frenchman go because it's not every day you can get a guy who's got a World Cup on his resume. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a reason why there's the level of frustration and acceptance of him leaving if he does leave amongst the fan base, I would say. And think about it. Just entertain it, Lou. You bring in Santos Borre, right? We, you know, everything happens. We bring in Santos Borre. You let go of uh, Florian. You play the same way, and the, the first sub that's going to happen is Diente for Santos Borre. The next yeah. sub is going to be Nando Gorrarian out, Cordoba in. Or be gone. Yeah. Yeah, or be gone. And, you know, even, okay. And then, so, and, no, then, and, then keep, and then keep going. So keep going because, you know, the game, you know, presents itself like what do you say in a different way. So then Cordoba for Quinones. That's a nice trifecta of subs right there. And, you know, you have options but as instead you let go of carioca like i mentioned in the previous uh episode and through conversations you lose carioca cordoba goes into the starting lineup or be gone whichever one then you have one midfielder on the bench and then you know that's it two tournaments so then let's entertain the idea of letting diente go okay diente leaves you know you keep everybody the same and then who's the sub that's going to come off as, a, as an attacking option Right. I'm not it's not the best scenario like where we're at right now, letting one of these guys because they're all talented. Well, and, and do you want to spend 15 million dollars on a guy who's going to play 10 minutes when Gignac finally lets him see? I think I think the idea is to play them both at the same yeah. time and, and let Gignac ease up on the minutes towards the end of the half. I'm sorry, towards the end of the game and bring in Diente Lopez would be ideal. But if he doesn't, then he's going to play with another mid. But if you're letting Diente go, you can't do that. You're going to have yeah, to do so it bring, Flores instead. So, so you bring in Cordova. You know, you bring in Cordova as a second forward, uh, as a second as a center forward attacking mid behind Santos Borre. And that's what Santos Borre gives you, where he can play the poacher, like you said, in the box, and also be that Edu Vargas, Rafa Solis, who can step out of the box and also create with the midfielder. So I think it's, it's going to be a tough decision, though I think that business-wise, you know – 
you can choose one of the two out of the three options and like you can please the fan base, not please the fan base. But I think they're in a tough spot. I tweeted just recently in the last hour, one leaves in, in the summer, which is Carioca, one leaves in December. And then the other one has about a, you know, two more year contract, if I'm not mistaken. So where, you know, where does a good business, bad business come into play? The only argument I would make for Carioca is, is his age. Um, he's going to be what? 34 soon. And we got Guido, who's going to be also 33 soon. Mm-hmm. So you've got two guys that play the central defender mid-role that are already kind of getting up in age. That's uh, the, If you Tom do Brady's let go of Carioca. In the playoff and LeBron James is 38 years old. I think we need to accept that athletes in this day and age may have a little bit slightly longer prime than we used to expect of them to decline at. I know soccer is a slightly different sport. But these guys are doing things at, at more advanced ages, more, you know, Aaron Rodgers turns 40 this year and is still doing it at a pretty decently high level. So I think that there's a, still a two or to three year window where those guys could still be good despite being the 34 to 33. So who do you keep, Sean, out of the three? No, more like who do you, who you sold he, me on does he let go? No. Oh, yeah. Or who does who do you let go? I mean, you. Yeah, I've I, I bought in now at this point that Florian seems like the most logical choice in terms of uh, results based on the field and, and then, you know, lineup flexibility. Now, I, me personally, I wouldn't be heartbroken to see Diente Lopez leave just because I would love to see Leo Flores get an opportunity. I think that that kid could be really special if he got some regular minutes. Okay. Lou, what about you? I would, I would let go of Carioca. Uh, I think yeah. it's time to start. I think it's time to start thinking about getting younger in the central mid. I, I, I agree with Sean. There are positions where you can play into your late thirties, early forties. Now, well, Guzman is going to play forever. Uh, that position allows you uh, quarterback in the NFL allows you to play until you're pretty old. I mean, Tom Brady's still playing, but to me, the central defender mid position requires a ton of speed and running. You got to you got to make up a lot of space, which as you age, you just don't have the the speed. LeBron, LeBron's kind of turned into a little bit of a point guard. So he's able to kind of set the pace for himself at at an older Mm -hmm. age. And and to be fair, LeBron is is in another galaxy as far as athleticism. I mean, you know, you know, he's just out there. He's a he's a freak, in other words. But, you know, I think he let go of Carioca. Uh, you got Gorriaran who could play that position if you want. Yeah. Let, let let Pizarro be the central defender, and Gorriaran can play the mixed role. He can play central defender, midfield when, when we need him. He can be more of an attacking mid. He's a guy that can switch it up, and then that leaves you a spot for Cordova if you want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, those can be your three, your three in the middle. Uh, and I think Cordova can do it just as well. Uh, so... You let go of Carioca, and then in the summer, you you go out and get a, a young uh, central defender midfielder. Yeah. If, you know, and, we st- and we still have Ayala, who's going to get healthy, and eventually we'll get another shot at it. Yeah. And he's pretty young, so. And that's why I think it's a tough decision. I think it's based on preference and how you see the team. I think that, you know, there's multiple angles here. You can keep Florian and, let you know, he's the more talented player. You can keep Carioca. The only reason why – I've had an argument for Carioca keeping him is because the depth that his departure could mean, which you have, the depth is definitely there. 
But if he's starting already at his age and with all that depth, then obviously he thinks it's important to the system. So that's why I think that it'd be a little tougher on how he wants to play, but it's adjustable and flexible uh, under Diego Coca. So saying all that, I'm Florian to Wanjali. Ideally for me in the future, I think we should just have one center back foreign spot. There's no reason why in the league you can't find a good, or even from the youth system, a good um, center back that's Mexican that does it instead of having Lichnowski take take up a spot. That way you leave the foreign spots to the specialty spots that Skillset. you can't get can't get from you know from the the local Mexican talent. Yeah, for you sure. Can't tell me that Diego Reyes can't do the same job that Lichnowski can for him not take up a spot. <laughs> True. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. However, the problem right now we're facing is we don't have another. We don't have a backup. I I think letting go of Uwayala was a bit of an issue for me because at least at the very least you had a decent backup there. I think that was handled poorly, man. I mean, he has no team. So, you know, obviously something happened there along the way that, that ended bad. And that's not good because. According to Juninho, he knows what happened, but he's yeah, not going to tell that. anybody. So they probably, what do you think? What, they probably didn't offer him enough money, huh? They probably gave him like a really poor contract and be yeah. like, you're not going to play. So why probably pay? like a league minimum, like 200K or something. And yeah. you know, he's not going to take that. No, especially when he's a club legend, you know? Bro, you can argue he's the best defender in the club. Like, I mean, most people would say Juninho based on his skill set, but one played a slightly little longer and won a World uh, Concacaf World Cup. Um, uh, sorry, uh, he's no. a he's a club legend, man. And I'm yeah. I, honestly, I feel like they did him dirty. Yeah, agreed. And I saw a picture of him. Like, uh, you said that you brought up Juninho, and I saw a picture of um or a video on Twitter of him going to watch Juninho, and I was like, damn, that makes sense. Like, this dude doesn't even he's not a San Luis like. That he was projected to be and even offered to be the captain, if I remember correctly. So something must have happened there. Well, that was it, not well. You guys know I'm I'm still stuck on FIFA 13 when I play, and uh, he's the best player on the squad on the 50 FIFA 13 starting roster. <laughs> him, him, and Torres Nilo. So uh, those, those were my boys. <laughs> those that was the year they were just like the always like best defenses, best defenses. Yeah. And then I think around that time, he won his Ballon de Oro for best defender in the league. I forgot that he had, I think he has two, maybe one for sure, maybe two. But anyways, he was a beast. Like, and, you know, he was classy with the ball. Like he knew when to come out, not come out. His tackles were, timing was unbelievable. It was exceptional. Best slide tackle in the league, man. Yeah. No doubt. But you guys want to talk about this upcoming game? Yeah, because we got very little time. So very, very little time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we talked a lot about the system. So, just briefly, quickly, do we see any changes in the starting lineup for this upcoming game? I would let them repeat. I think they did. I think that that lineup earned it, right? Solid. Yeah. The only the only one that I would think I would bring in Samir. Samir, you got to bring in Samir as a starter. But other than that, well, that's what I was gonna say. So, does Diego Reyes go to the bench? Well, let Lichnowski and and Diego Reyes uh, flip a coin for it. I like that. Yeah. For- for real, like an arm wrestle or something. I like arm that. wrestle for it. And that would give us about two and a half weeks to let the board ponder if they really want to let go of a foreign spot. And it could be Lichnowski. <laughs> and then we can oh, have this man. conversation again. Yeah, and, hey, and the and the end the forward or, or winger debate. Just let Lichnowski <laughs> go, keep Reyes, and uh bada bing, bada boom, you're set. Write it out. 
Um, so cool. We're on the same page. Anything different? Obviously, we want to see a little more of the system. Any score prediction? I mean, but Pachuca being a defending champion and then coming out 5-1 in the start of their title defense is an intimidating proposition. We got it. Uh, I think for a second game. But Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, Arnaldo appears to not be worried at all, but I will I will express my my concerns. Uh <laughs> I'm running the confidence, bro. I'm running the confidence. I, I I'm with Lou. The the season looks promising. I don't think we're gonna have the best look of team, but I think we're definitely gonna compete by the time that uh playoffs come or Liguilla. Pachuca has a ton of firepower. I'm with Sean as far as like you know, they got Luis Chavez, Eric Sanchez, they got Nico Ibanez, who's, who's rumored to possibly come to Tigres. Who, so keep a good eye on Nico Ibanez. You know, he could be, if Santos Borre doesn't work out, it could be Nico Ibanez uh, at Tigres soon. Hear me out. Luis Chavez. I take that. Luis Chavez was the best player of the worst Mexican soccer national team in the history of Mexican national team soccer history. I don't want to hear it. The thing, the thing with this 5-1 win with Pachuca, though, you got to take into account Puebla. Puebla is, is kind of beat up right now. Puebla, they lost their coach. Their constant squad changes. So, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm liking Tigres uh, 2-1 or 2-0. I think our defense is going to show up. Sean? Is it at home? Yeah. Sunday, which is not the best time for us. Traditionally, we don't play that well Sunday game. night. One zero. one zero us at home. They 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 protect the Volcan. They show the defending champions that we're not here to mess around this year. We're here. We're we're here, and we mean business. We'd like to make a title challenge. Diego Coca has the title. You know the two titles before this one. Uh, if this team is what we think it is, then this is a one nothing victory. If this is uh, we're still establishing our identity and figuring out how to play for Coca, it's probably a one one tie. Or Nico Abanez does what he did to us last year and victimizes us for two goals and makes us all cry. But I, I would like to think that with the Volcan behind them, that they should at, at the worst come away with a point against the league leaders uh, and you know prohibitive favorites in the clubhouse and and, and kind of just move on up onto that third week and in, in a good spot. Yeah. I am going actually uh 2-0 victory, Tigres. I think the defense uh structure and uh you know, it showed flashes even with Piojo towards the end. I think that if Samir doesn't indeed come playing, which he should, I think, you know, you bench either Lifnowski or Reyes, but I think uh, Reyes is the one that gets benched. You bench him, and I think the defense is set. I think that Pachuca will have a good game. I think it'll be an exciting game because they do have the firepower that you guys say. Um, but I think that Tigre is at home, first game of the season at El Volcan. The conference, Nando Gorrarán, Ariel Volcán showcasing. I think even Florian might even get some minutes uh, in the 83rd minute, you know, once he's, you know, past that threshold of he not getting injured. Um, then we could possibly have a great ending to the to the match. Hey, before we break off, Arnoldo, predictions for who we get from all the rumored, the four or five rumored players, uh, who do we land? No Gotta one. Gotta make the call now. I don't think no one. no one. Come on. No one. Sean? I, I think they're going to fumble it, bro. <laughs> I would like to see Nico Abanez if that's a real rumor. I hadn't heard that one floating around yet. But if Nico Abanez can 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 leave the, the, the champions and come and play with us, I'll take that all day. That guy is – that guy gives us problems. 
You like him, Lou? I don't like him. Who, Nico? Not oh, from yeah, Tigres. I love, I love Nico Ibanez, man. I, I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, he would work out really well with uh, Gignac, too. So is that is that who you think we land? No, no, no. I think we're going to land one of the Colombians. Uh, Muriel, uh, Muriel or the guy from Rangers? Murray? Yeah. Morales, Borrell, Muriel. One of the three? Yeah, one of those three. Where we land one Colombian. One of those three will land. I'm, cool. I'm hoping it's Borre, uh, but we'll see. Hey, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy with Muriel. Yeah. All good, all good ball players. Lastly, obviously, Lou, we know how to find you on uh, Twitter. You're the, you know, the ticket is God on the Twitter world. Um, so there you have it, guys. Great episode, guys. Thank you for the time that you guys took for coming on here. Uh, looking forward to more podcasts in the future. And hopefully we get more listeners. Um, we're changing things up a bit here at Laud Times with all the new collaborations that we have, have had recently. So stay on the lookout for more content and give us a follow and find us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So uh, you guys take care. We'll catch you guys next time. Arriba Laud.